Well, I want to start the series by just talking about the church a little bit. Uh, with, with all its huge imperfections, I love the church and I've given my entire life for it. But it, it didn't start that way. I, I actually didn't put my faith in Jesus until right before my junior year of high school. And after graduating high school in 1998, woo, that was a long time ago, uh, I went to college to play football and major in criminal justice. It wasn't until three years later in 2001, I felt a nudge from God to dedicate my entire life to sharing the good news of Jesus with every person I could and go into full-time occupational ministry. So at the end of 2001, Christy and I moved to Chicago for me to finish my degree at Moody Bible Institute. And we went there for me to go to Moody because I knew I just needed more knowledge if I was going to do this. When I went to Chicago, you need to know I had no plans to ever be a pastor because I wasn't a fan of the local church. The local church was inward focused, very religious, irrelevant, boring, weird. I was one of those people that always complained about the church and what the church is and what the church doesn't do. I thought I'd go into the ministry I'd go into would be a parachurch ministry like Youth for Christ. Well, it was during our three years in Chicago that everything changed for me. During those three years, I fell in love with the church because for the first time I saw in Scripture what Jesus created his church to be. And once that happened, I knew I no longer could complain. Once that happened, I knew I, if, I needed to help make a difference because that was going to be more impactful than complaining. Well, after I finished my degree in youth ministry in 2004, we moved to Birmingham for me to take a job at a church as a youth pastor. I thought I'd, I would do youth ministry forever because I love high school students. But God had different plans for me. One year into being in, in Birmingham, I, I felt a stir in my heart for the very first time to start a church. I, I had no desire to do that. I mean, who would want to do that? Who would want to go into this? Uh, but the stirring was strong enough that Christy and I chose to take a step of faith and give it a shot. So in 2006, I resigned uh, from my job as a youth pastor, and we started a church out of, li- out of a living room in Birmingham, Alabama, with nine other people. Crazy, fun story. I wish I had time to tell, but unfortunately, I do not. Fast forward two and a half years later, after starting that church, one day a crazy thought entered my mind. And the thought was, I'm supposed to start a church in Omaha, Nebraska. Well, after eight months of trying to pray to discern if that was from God, after eight months of wrestling with God, Christy and I believed that God was calling us to Omaha to do that. We didn't know how we were going to start, who we were going to start with, where we were going to start, where the money was going to come from to start this church. All we knew was that God was leading, so we trusted So in November of 2008, Christy and I packed up our two kids who were under two years old and (laughs) moved to Omaha to my sister-in-law's basement for seven months because we had no money uh, to start a church. We moved to Omaha with big dreams and big visions about what would eventually be called relevant community church would be and do. And man, you got to know I love our church because I love the church. I've sacrificed everything for our church, and I'll continue to. But the question is why? And the answer is because of what Jesus started his church to be. You know, uh, the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians is actually a letter written by the Apostle Paul in the first century, about 30 or so years after the events of Jesus' life, to, life to followers of Christ in the city called Corinth. And in, in it, Paul illustrated what the church is, and here's what he wrote to them. 
He said, just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, referring to God's spirit or the Holy Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews, Gentile, slave, or free. And we were all given uh, the one spirit to drink. Jump down to verse 27. Now you, he's speaking to the entire community of followers of Christ in, in the city of Corinth. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you, as individual followers of Christ, uh, is a part of it. Another tra- English translation says, are members of it. Now, to help get the picture of what Paul's illustrating here, I need some help. Uh, I introduced you to my friend Manny about a year ago, and I want to bring Manny back out here again. D- give it up for Manny as he comes back out here. Manny. Uh, ever since I introduced you to Manny a year ago, Manny, for some reason, is not yet put into storage. He ends up all over this building in closets and hallways. Manny has made me tinkle many times uh, because I've walked into this auditorium, pitch black, I'm by myself in this building, and he's sitting standing like right over there with the door open in the closet, and I turn the lights on, and I see his silhouette and about lose it. And so Manny, uh, bad boy. Uh, but really what Paul's doing is he's mil- making an illustration, he's, he's using an analogy to make a point. He's saying, hey, you know how your physical body works, right? How you have all these different body parts, an arm, elbow, hands, knees, feet. You, you know, and, and each one has a different function, but all the parts make up your one body. He goes, yeah. He goes, well, once you put your faith in Jesus, he's saying the same applies to you. The, the writers of Scripture just, you know, make it so clear. At the moment we put our faith in Jesus by asking him to be the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, takes residence within us, and we become part of this amazing thing that Jesus established called the church. Which means the church is not a building. The church is not an event. Which, by the way, that's why we don't call our building Relevant Community Church. We call it the Relevant Center because the church is not a building. It's not an event. The church is a people. The church is every other follower of Christ in the world. Every other person who's put their faith in Jesus in the world. And who has God's spirit residing in them. Now, Paul refers to the church as the body of Christ here and in other places because Jesus established his church to be his hands and feet and carrying on the mission that he came for, that he died for, and that he rose from the grave for, which is uh, his mission of seeking and saving those who are lost, those who have a broken relationship with Holy Creator God because of their violation of sin against him. And that's you, and that's me, and that's everyone. Jesus established his church to usher in his love, his joy, his hope, his peace, his salvation, his forgiveness, his redemption, his healing, his provision, his justice, his mercy, his grace together in such a way that people are transformed, that families are transformed, that schools are transformed, that communities are transformed, that cities are transformed, that lives are transformed, that eternities are transformed, that the world is transformed. Jesus came, he died, he rose to be the hope of the world. And before he physically left this earth, he established his church to be his physically, to be the physical embodiment of him as his agents of hope in this world until he returns. As followers of Christ, we are together the body of Christ here and now. When you put your faith in Jesus, you become a member of the body of Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus, you become part of a we that's much bigger than yourself. When you put your faith in Jesus, you become united through his Holy Spirit to every other follower of Christ. By the way, that's why we don't do baptism by ourselves. Baptism is much more of a we thing than it is even a me thing. 
It's proclaimed now, I am a part of you. I am a part of the body of Christ. I've passed through this water grave and I've been inaugurated into the body of Christ. Which means if you put your faith in Jesus and have him get baptized, come on, baby. Now, we know, and you know, it's impossible to practically live out being the body of Christ with every other follower of Christ in the world. And that's why there are local churches. Smaller communities of Christ followers to live as the body of Christ in a local context. Paul is actually writing to the local church in Corinth. He's saying, you you are the body of Christ in Corinth and each one of you is a member of Christ's body. He's saying, he goes on and he writes, some of you are hands, some of you are eyes, some of you are feet. As followers of Christ, Jesus has called us to live as a member of his body through the context of a local church. He's called us to be part of a we that form and function as the body of Christ, that belong to each other, that carries on Jesus' mission together, that embodies Jesus' presence together, that's being transformed together, that's part of transforming our community and the world together. You see, over and over and over throughout Scripture and over and over and over throughout history, when a local church is living as a body of Christ, they experience divine unity despite disagreement. The love of Jesus is seen and felt. People are putting their faith in him. Lives are being transformed. Communities and cities are being changed. Authentic community is being experienced. Things that can only be attributed to God are happening. The fullness of Jesus' presence is being felt. God is moving. And so often, that's not our church experience, is it? So often, our church experience is exactly opposite of that. Instead of people being healed, people are being hurt. Instead of unity, there's division. Instead of love, there's arguing and bickering. Instead of community, there's isolation. Instead of the local community being impacted by the church, the church is isolated from and irrelevant to the community. Instead of what can only be attributed to God happening, religiosity runs rampant. Instead of people being reached for Jesus, the church is losing people. Instead of thriving, the church is dying. Instead of witnessing people put their faith in Jesus, we're watching people walk away from Jesus. Instead of growing in a relationship with Jesus together, people are starving to be fed. Instead of being a voice of hope, we're a voice of hate. Instead of experiencing the fullness of God's presence and power, it seems like God's completely absent. Instead of transformation, there's stagnation. So often church doesn't seem like anything more than just a bunch of songs and sermons. And many have become disenfranchised with the church because so often their church experience, just to be frank, sucks. Some people, because of that, walk away from church completely and others then leave their church because they believe it will be better somewhere else at a different church. And you get all excited walking into a new church. And this is going to be way better than what I've, anything I've experienced before. And before long, it sucks again. Just like every other local church, relevant community church is the body of Christ. We were Jesus' idea, which means he has a plan for us in regards to his kingdom and his glory. For those of you who say that you're a part of this church, you are a member of this local body of 
Christ. And the really good news with that is as the body of Christ, Jesus has given us a huge purpose and a huge mission. Jesus has some God-sized visions for us. Jesus wants to do a transforming work in us and through us. Jesus wants us to experience the fullness of his presence and power. The good news is, is even though that we are so far from perfect, we've experienced all that in varying degrees over the last 13 years. The bad news is, is according to church statistics, it's more likely not to happen than to happen in the future. According to church statistics, our church will end up sucking. According to church statistics, we will become seemingly void of God's presence at some point. According to church statistics, we will get, get old, irrelevant, and die. According to church statistics. The question is, is there anything that we can do to ensure that doesn't happen? And the answer is yes. If you look at most dying churches, most churches seem just void of God's presence. Most churches that have a you know, downward trajectory, there is one glaring thing they all have in common. And the one glaring thing that you've looked at the, all these churches, if you study all these churches that they all have in common, is that they're living half paralyzed. Which means half the body's functioning, and the other half is just seemingly dead. Now, how effective would your physical body be if you were half paralyzed? Well, that's how many churches are operating. Which brings up some questions. Is it possible that Jesus leaves his body when his body isn't living as his body? Is that possible? Is it possible that when we don't live as the body of Christ, that Jesus stops living in and through us? Is that possible? I believe so. And I believe that's happening to many, many, many churches. You guys, Jesus didn't call Relevant Community Church into existence for that to be our story. I didn't start Relevant and sacrifice my life for our church the last 13 years for that to be our story. I don't want that to be our story, and you don't want that to be our story either. But in order for it not to be, we must honestly answer the question, are we living as a half-paralyzed or fully functioning body of Christ? Man, we have an amazing church, but like most churches, we have some work to do here. I believe in order to become the church Jesus created us to be, to, to continue to pr progress toward the church that we all desire us to be part of, to, to, to see Jesus' mission advance through us will require one thing from all of us. It will require everybody taking extreme ownership. And here is what extreme ownership means. It means taking full responsibility for everything that impacts us living as a fully functioning body of Christ. Everything that impacts our health, everything that impacts Jesus' mission through us, everything that impacts the visions that God has laid on our hearts, everything that impacts our unity, everything that impacts our effectiveness, everything that impacts on God being glorified through us, everything that impacts people being reached for Jesus through us, everything that impacts people being transformed to who God's created them to be. After years of following Jesus and being a pastor and being a student of his church, what I've become convinced of is this. It takes extreme ownership from everybody to live as the body of Christ. See what I did there? So here's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to challenge all of us to take extreme ownership in five specific ways. 
And for everyone who's a part of Relevant Community Church, I hope and I pray you accept this challenge because I believe if we all, not some, not 50%, not 75%, not 98%, I believe if we all chose to take extreme ownership in these five ways, we'd see God work powerfully in ways we can't even imagine. We'd see our visions become a reality. We'd see God transform our friends' lives, our families' lives, our neighbors' lives in ways that we can't even comprehend. We'd experience the fullness of God's presence and power like never before and that's the type of church that we all want to be a part of anyway now this is going to be hard to hear but what's going to make it really difficult for some of you to take extreme ownership regardless of how inspired you are throughout this series or how much you know the bible or how spiritually mature you are or how much you think you know what's going to be hard for some of you to take extreme ownership throughout the series is that you're being a consumer now listen, I'm not saying that to be judgmental. I'm just saying it to be honest. And in reality, many of us are consumers. And to be truthful, we all get it honestly. I mean, we live in a world and we live in a country that's very individualistic. We live in a world and a country that tells us it's all about me. It's all about me, 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 me. What's best for me, what I want, what I need, what I get, what I prefer, what I like, what will help me, what will benefit me. I'm the center of the world, and you're here for me. And when it comes to Jesus, Jesus is here for me. And when it comes to the church, the church is here for me. And I'm here to consume the sermons, consume the content, consume the music, consume the kids' programs that I want, that I need, that I prefer. The church exists to serve me, and I'm here to consume. And I just want to let you know, Pastor, I'll, be, I'll keep consuming here as long as I like what you're giving me. Now, here's the reality. The consumer mindset of the church being a product to be consumed, that serves me, 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 is what often causes churches to become half-paralyzed bodies. The Apostle Paul wrote this to another local church in, in Rome in the first century. He said, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, and he's talking to all the yous who have put their faith in Jesus, all the yous who have asked Jesus to be the forgiver of their sins and leader of their life. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. You know what that's called? It's called pride. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. That's called humility. In accordance with the faith that God has attributed to each of you. He's saying, hey, as followers of Christ, regardless of how faith-filled you are, what you think you need, where you're lacking, what you prefer, stop thinking of yourself more highly than you ought. Break free from the me mindset. Break free from thinking you're the center of everything. Break free from being a consumer. Stop thinking that this is all about you. And then he goes on and says, here's why. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Paul tells the church in Rome essentially the same exact thing he told the church in Corinth. He says, now that you're in Christ, now that you've put your faith in Jesus and asked him to be the forgiver of your sins and lead your life, you are a part of the body of Christ you belong to and you're a member of a bigger body than yourself that's ultimately not about you. So don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Listen, if you're kind of new to this whole church thing, if you've kind of been church your whole life, if regardless of what your church experience is or regardless of what you've been talking about church, here's what you need to know. This is so important. The church is not about you. 
The church does, the church does not revolve around your wants, your preferences, your desires, or your needs. The church is about Jesus and his kingdom and his glory, and it centers around him and his mission. The church is not a product to be consumed. The church is a people who live as the body of Christ. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. We exist to be Jesus' hands and feet in the world. We exist to be the embodiment of Jesus here and now. As followers of Christ, we're not made to be consumers. We are called to be contributors because we are members of the body of Christ. So Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you want by being a consumer. Think of yourself with sober judgment by operating as a fully functioning member of the body of Christ the question is how like how do we operate as a fully functioning and live as a fully functioning member as a body of Christ and Paul goes on to tell them and tell us he says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us so he's saying we all have different gifts and talents and strengths that creator God gave us when the Holy Spirit took residence in us after we put our faith in Jesus and he goes on to list some examples of of what we should do with them if your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with your faith If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is is to lead, do it diligently. It is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Period. And immediately after this, Paul goes on to a different subject. Now, what's interesting is when many people read this passage, they get focused on the specific gifts listed here. And that's the wrong thing to focus on because that's not Paul's main point. Paul's not giving exhausted exhausted lists of gifts. If he was, he would have went on and given a lot more examples because he listed gifts in other, other letters that he wrote to other churches that he didn't list here. Paul's main point was to challenge them, but to challenge us, us to operate as, a, as fully functioning members of the body of Christ by serving with the gifts that God has given to each of us. He's saying, just like you have a physical body, with different body parts, but all these body parts work together to make up your body functioning properly and fully. Just like that, you are now a member of the body of Christ. And each one of you has a different gift that makes you a different body part. Some of you are arms, some of you are legs, some of you have feet, some of you are mouths. You know who the mouths are. Whatever body part you are, whatever talent you have, strength you have, gift you have, Paul's saying use it, do it. Serve with it. As members of the body of Christ, Paul is essentially instructing us to follow Jesus' example. I mean, Jesus changed the world, and he did it by being a servant. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And he served by taking on the lowliest job of washing feet. And then he served as the ultimate sacrifice by dying on the cross for your sins and the forgiveness of my sins. And Paul's saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Jesus isn't asking you to do anything he himself didn't do. Serving may cost you some convenience, but it costs your Savior his life. Jesus is the hope of the world. His church is his agent of hope. The church is the body of Christ, and the body needs everybody. Relevant community church is the body of Christ. And here's the big idea for today. Our body, relevant community church, needs everybody to take extreme ownership of operating as a member of the body in order for us to live as the body of Christ. 
We operate as fully functioning members of the body of Christ by serving as a part of the body. We, the rest of the we's, the rest of the body, we need you to take extreme ownership in this way. We can't be a fully functioning, healthy body of Christ without you. We can't reach the people Jesus wants us to reach without you. We can't help transform our community without you. We can't advance Jesus' mission without you. We need our arms. We need our legs. We need our feet. We even need our mouths. We can't see the visions that God has laid in our hearts to become a reality without you. We can't experience the fullness of God's presence and power without you. Our body needs everybody to serve as a part of the body. Old people, this includes you. Young people, this includes you. Wealthy people, this includes you. Poor people, this includes you. Married people, this includes you. Single people, this includes you. Busy people, this includes you. Real quick for the young people, for middle school students, high school students, college students. You are a part of this body, so stop acting like a consumer and be a contributor because you are just as big a contributor as the 40 and 50 and 60 year olds, if not more, because you have more energy. So <laughs> contribute. <laughs> now, here's this is for everybody. We need you. We need you, but you need to take extreme ownership in this way for yourself too. Here's what makes the church suck. An attached body part, they're healthy, they're alive. A detached one sooner or later begins to decompose, becomes ugly, gross, stinky until there's nothing left but bones. What makes the church suck so bad is when people are detached and not operating as a part of the body because they start making it all about me, 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 me. And I've watched it happen again and again and again. And again, again, and again, I watch when people disengage. They become critical of everything and everyone. They start to decompose those around them. They, their faith starts to decay, decay, and they blame it on the music. And they blame it on the preaching. And they blame it on the programs. And it's not good for me, and it's not good for me. And they cry me a big, long sob story. So you leave, and you go try to find something better for you at a better church. But you're still detached, and a, de a detached, decomposing body part. So it happens all over again. I don't know what to do with this arm right now. <laughs> Listen, when you're detached, when you're disengaged, you can't help but become a consumer. And being consumers deteriorates us. Being consumers is what causes church to suck for us and others. Being consumers is what often kills churches. So Paul would say, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. This is not all about you. This is about Jesus, his mission, and his body, of which you are a member of. So take extreme ownership of, as operating as a fully functioning member of the body of Christ. Our body needs everybody to serve as part of the body. But relevant? We're a long way from that. We only operate at 37%. Only 37% of people in our church operate as a part of this body. Only 37% of people serve. Yet, look at what all God has done 
through 37%. And I want you to imagine 100%. Man, if we all did, it would change everything. But if we don't, well, you know how that ends. So relevant. Come on, let's take extreme ownership. Let's take extreme ownership. Those of you who say that relevant is your church but are not serving as part of this body, I want to challenge you. Take extreme ownership and engage in serving on a team. Engage because you're a member of the body of Christ. Engage because you're a member of this body and our body needs everybody. Engage because people's lives and eternities are at stakes. Engage because there's no Sunday gathering without you. There's no worship team without you. There's no Sprouts, no Relevant Kids, no Rooted, no Youth United without you. There's no T-Life groups without you. There's no impact on the Korean people without you. Engage so you don't start thinking of yourself more highly than you ought and become a consumer. Engage because if you don't, you'll start seeing everything that's wrong and become a complainer. And that, all that'll do is that'll kill you, that'll kill others, and that'll kill our church. Engage so you can be someone who contributes to making us better. Engage so we can experience the fullness of God's presence and power. Engage to help us create a church that you love being a part of. Engage because if you don't, you'll start feeling unneeded. And when you feel unneeded, you'll start to feel unwanted. And when you feel unwanted, you will, you will detach and start to become a decomposing body part. And not only does that hurt you, it hurts everyone around you. It hurts us. Some of you go, well, I'm not a follower of Christ yet. I'm not sure I even believe all this Jesus stuff. And I just kind of showed up and like, so does this include me? Yeah, includes you. Listen, you can belong before you believe here. You don't got to put your faith in Jesus to, to start serving and be part of this body. I just want to tell you, though, if you start doing that, it might start affecting your heart. So just be forewarned. Now, some of you used to serve on a team, but for a variety of reasons, you've just disengaged. We need you to take extreme ownership and re-engage. Re-engage because our body needs everybody. Re-engage because it takes extreme ownership from everybody to live as the body of Christ. So my challenge for those of you who are not serving is to take extreme ownership by signing up for Team Link today. Team Link is an hour event to learn about the different teams that we have at Relevant to take a next step uh, to engage if you'd like to. You're not committing to anything by signing up for Team Link. You're just coming to learn more. And then if you're interested in a team, you get to try it on for size for a few months before you even commit to that team. Team Link is in a few weeks on August 28th at 2 p.m. right here in the auditorium. But we also do it online as well. So if you want to do Team Link online, you can do it online as well. For those of you who are operating as a part of the body by serving at Relevant, I am so proud of you, and I am so grateful for of you. Never forget what you're doing, however big or small it seems, matter matters. You're a part of marriages being transformed, families being transformed, eternities being transformed, lives being transformed. You're a part of the stories we of transformation we tell week in and week out. You're part of Isaac's baptism that we just showed today. You're part of people being transformed more into who God's created him to be. You're a part of God being glorified through us. But this is the reality, and this sounds really, really weird what I'm about ready to say, but it's so true. You can serve on his team. You can serve on his team and still not be contributing to us living as the body of Christ. I know that sounds so weird, but it's so true. And since you want us to become everything God's created us to be as a church, which is why you're serving, I want to challenge you to take extreme ownership in a couple of different ways. The first way is to be fully committed. Be fully committed to what you said you're going to be committed to do. Be fully committed to be there when you're scheduled. If you're scheduled, guess what? There's a reason you're scheduled. We're counting on you. Like, the, no one else is doing it, but you, you're scheduled. 
Be fully committed to that. Be fully committed to be on time. Be fully committed to take full, you know, full responsibility for everything that impacts your team. Be fully committed to invest the best of your time, your energy, your heart into your role. Be fully committed to the people on the team that you serve with, to champion them, to support them, to encourage them, to invest in them. Be fully committed when you experience failures and setbacks and losses and frustrations and hurts in how you serve because you, I guaranteed will. Be fully committed to never cast blame or make excuses or quit when you experience those things. Instead, take extreme ownership and ask, what what can I do to make it better? Because here's the deal. Like, you can serve on a team and still not be living as a body of Christ. Because live as a body of Christ, be fully committed to what you have committed yourself to. Second, I want to challenge some of you to take extreme ownership and narrow the dang focus. Because some of you are trying to be multiple body parts. You're trying to be arms and feet and knees and legs and ears and eyes and mouths. You're attached but all over the place. You're attached, but you're wearing yourself out. You're losing passion. You're running on fumes. You're burning out. I just recently talked to, to a, a guy who I love. He's been part of Relevant for a long time. And I talked to him, and he's just like burning out, and he's starting to get critical and cynical. And, and, he, he's like, and this is what he told me. He goes, I serve as a next-gen, a next-gen small group leader, a T-Life group, a T-Life group leader. Uh, I'm in another T-Life group with my wife, and then I serve on another Sunday morning team. Hello. Like, dude, I appreciate all the serving, but bro, like, if this is you, like, listen, this is you, I appreciate your commitment, but you're trying to serve more than you have the capacity. If you're trying to serve more than you have the capacity to serve, you're preventing us from living as a fully healthy body of Christ because you weren't giving yourself fully to anything. Listen, taking extreme ownership doesn't mean doing everything. It means narrowing the focus to do one thing with excellence. I want my eyes to do what only my eyes can do and do it really well. I don't need my eyes worrying about being knees. I want my eyes just to focus on seeing things. Narrowing the focus, it, it, it means giving the best of your time, focus, and energy to one primary ministry and knowing what your capacity is. Now, I have one final challenge for many of you, and that is to take extreme ownership and join volunteer staff. Our volunteer staff are the people who own and drive the mission of relevant. They don't go to relevant. They understand they are relevant. Whereas Jesus is our head, our, our staff, they're our hearts. About 500 people on volunteer staff. Everyone who, who is on volunteer staff has gone through one of our classes, 11-week classes called Staff Orientation. Uh, go ahead and take a look at this. Most organizations have a staff. People who are charged with the responsibility of leading the way doing the work, moving things forward. Without a staff, nothing really gets accomplished. And Relevant is no different. We're a staff-driven church. However, very few are actually paid. See, we don't really distinguish too much between paid staff and volunteer staff. All staff have stepped up and said, this is my church. I can't just sit by and watch. I want the responsibility of moving this thing forward. I'm giving them my time, talents and resources to help transform lives. In short, our staff are mission drivers. Relevant's mission is to help transform people into everything God created us to be. Staff are the people who share this common goal and who have committed heart and soul to achieving it. In any organization, 
there are consumers and investors. A consumer takes what they want without really contributing anything back. And there's nothing wrong with being a consumer at certain stages in our lives. But eventually, consumers become self-focused. Investors, on the other hand, contribute, sacrificing themselves for the greater good. Consumers are passengers. Investors row the boat. Consumers attend church. Investors are the church. So every trimester, our staff orientation program helps church attenders become mission-driving investors. During staff orientation, we help you better understand the DNA of Relevant and how you can leverage your strengths to make an impact in people's lives. Our dream is that every person who calls Relevant home, every person who says, this is my church, would join our staff team and help us drive Relevant's mission forward together. If you're a college-age student up, uh, and you're not on volunteer staff, I'd invite you to take extreme ownership and join by going through staff orientation. The next one starts beginning of October. You can sign up today. Going through staff orientation, it will make your serving experience more impactful. It will make your serving experience more meaningful. You're going to learn why we do what we do as a church. And you're also going to learn more about yourself and walk out better equipped to be a fully functioning member of the body of Christ so that you can have the greatest impact. So here's my closing question for you. Are you operating as a fully functioning member of the body of Christ? If so, man, so proud of you. Everything good at Relevant is because of you. Everything transformative at Relevant is because of you. Everything that happens at Relevant is because of you. If not, if you're not operating as a fully functioning member of the body of Christ, how is Jesus inviting you to take extreme ownership today? Maybe it's one of the ways I've listed. Maybe it's something else. However he's inviting you, take the next step and follow him. Take it because it takes extreme ownership from everybody to live as the body of Christ. Take it because our body needs everybody. Take it because when we shift from being consumers that it's all about me, what I want, what I get, what I prefer to be contributors, everything changes for us. And everything will change for you. Let me pray. Dear Lord, uh, I pray that we don't just let this message go to wayside. We are so grateful to be a part of your body. Uh, Lord, I pray that we are the embodiment of you in the way that you're glorified, that we're your hands and feet. Um, We choose to do this, all of us, not just some of us. God, be glorified through that. In Jesus' name, amen.